oh shit is wednesday december is it just oh, it's tuesday tuesday december 21st 2021 wow. flyover live number nine my name is adam and i'm sean i thought it was wednesday legitimately thought it was wednesday but it's a yeah. weird week we're doing this uh the week of uh of Krimbus, so we have not done a show for a while and we wanted no. to sneak one in before everyone got together with their loved ones and catches covid so yeah we're have fun yeah. not me yeah, well, I know. There's Staying a, away from me. There's a lot of um, entering my house. You got to test. I I think you like the, the tweet on my feed of I saw. I don't. She was. I don't know if she's like a well-known person or just she just her tweet blew up. But she said she was about to let some relatives into her house, and she made them take a rapid test. And yeah, back positive, and then she was like, "Nah, I'm good. You can go oh, home. Fuck now. off. See ya." It, I have to tell you, there was there's been a turn since we've last. I don't even think we've spent a ton of time on COVID. I feel like we talk about mm -hmm. it here and there. We'll talk about um, like the funding and where stuff goes and things like that. But the there was a massive, I would say in the last three weeks, all of a sudden, there was a shift in mentality again of mm -hmm. people kind of some people in the healthcare industry kind of raising their hand and saying like, hey, um, you know, we uh we think it's gonna get bad again and i, I think i th this was kind of like what it was like last year where we uh i know i didn't i didn't do thanksgiving with family mm -hmm. and then when christmas rolled around um i think people kind of started to get a little more relaxed but not completely i didn't get together with a ton of people for christmas but now it's like it feels very similar to last year when when cases yeah. were going back up and people i know a lot of people around me that are getting it now um yeah so quite a few but it was that, like a couple of weeks ago though i it wasn't even on my mind like I'll, I'll be honest with you i was like oh we're we're starting to, to beat this thing and now it's like right here we go i'm yeah same here i was double that i'm double vaxxed and i had a booster so i was kind of like I, I know the the resistance i have to it i gotta be careful still you know don't eat indoors if i can help it um when i'm traveling for work i don't do it when i'm at home but the the one thing that kind of through me is because I was told to rely on the data, rely on the science, let the science guide you. <clears throat> and as soon as Omicron came out, all that seemed no, not, not, this isn't anti-vax. I'm not going that far or not that far, but I'm not going there. But the, it seemed as though we gave up on the science because it was immediate, like Omicron's bad. Oh my God. They shut down South Africa flights to and from South Africa to america and it was to me as someone who has been following and reading science for the last 18 months whether i understand it or not it was giving me a context by which i could kind of move through the world and then it seemed as though we found omicron it was a variant of concern and then we made a bunch of decisions without knowing if it's better worse more virulent yet less virulent uh more deadly less deadly and it seems like we're still on that path where like data is coming out now, um, but we're making decisions and it's, it's a little bit, I was, I had a little bit of a hard time with like, how do I make this decision? Because it seems like everybody's freaking out. So that's where I, that's where I am with it. But it seems as though Omicron is, is bad. It is very virulent. It is worse than Delta in terms of its transmissibility. Uh, but we don't quite know what the lag time is for because we haven't hit the lag time for hospitalizations. But at the same time, we're seeing hospitalizations go up. And uh, I remember texting you going like, uh, what's going on? And you said, well, hold on, I'll get back to you. And then you looked at 
a bunch of different early data studies and they were kind of leaning towards the fact that this wasn't going to be as bad as the previous variant but then but they were saying that they don't have enough data so like yeah, that was yeah. what was throwing me was we like yeah health agencies started making very quick decisions but then i would go and read the people doing primary studies and it was basically saying we know that this virus has mutated and is different quite a bit different but what we don't know is anything else we don't know if it's more transmissible or less transmissible and they said that multiple times in the study so going to the primary research like i've been doing the last 18 months when i was reading it i was like they're saying they don't know anything <laughs> like they know they're i'm not saying they don't know anything they're saying that they're doing their research and it's not conclusive yet so it felt as though we were making decisions on on gut instinct and and in this case the difference between the biden administration response to this might be bad and the trump administration's response to this might be bad the difference there was the the biden administration started trying to cordon off and protect americans and not sweep it under the rug they were reacting or they were being proactive and trying to mitigate the the damage so but I couldn't quite follow the severity. I couldn't understand the severity. So that's where I, that was where I was a bit thrown for a loop. And then I, I, I don't even know if I want to get too deep into it, but there was some information I'll say that I sent to Sean that was passed along to me, um, giving conservative estimates of what they believe will be happening over the course of the next six to eight weeks following uh, the holidays and just anticipating that there's going to be a lot of people traveling, getting together with family. Cause dude, th for a couple of weeks ago at Thanksgiving, you would have, I, I mean, I was with a ton of people. I mean, just yeah. no, it felt like life was getting back to back to normal ish. Right. Back to normal. And I feel like there's still there, there, there's still a mentality of ah, there's nothing going on. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I mean, I've been looking at the data of the travel data, the, what they're expecting based on bookings, Obviously, people can back out last minute, but based on bookings, it is up like 400% in travel from last year. Yeah. Um, so I think that's why the information, which I was hesitant to share on this show, because I, I, I looked into the guy. I, I don't think he's unreliable, but I don't want to be like a fear monger at the same time. But he he was citing uh, conservative estimates of what he thinks is going to happen over the next six to eight weeks. And he thinks every single household in the United States is going to get touched by this variant in some form or fashion. And if his and his thought process was if you had been sick even five or six weeks ago with any kind of a symptom that is kind of close to what people experience with COVID, that you probably had it and you didn't know it unless you were aggressively testing yourself within a certain time frame. Um, mm -hmm. I know I got really, really sick. Sean helped me out, got me some tests. I tested negative on three different tests. Uh, my wife got way sicker than I did, mm -hmm. um, took a COVID test, came back negative. She worked actively with people in her office, whether it were three to four people all got COVID. Yeah. Um, and she took another test, still tested negative. So that, that's the other problem is that you're experiencing these symptoms, thinking you have it, you take a test and it comes back negative. Um, but mm -hmm. now we're going into another realm of, okay, now you're going to be around more people. And I, and, and I, I wanted to bring this up to kick this off because we, we're going to have, a, obviously, some more fun this evening with the Naughty and Nice list and Sean put together a, a night before Christmas, which is going to be fun. Um, Fuck yeah, it is. But I remember uh, texting you going like, oh, no, 
this feels like it's happening again. And then I, I kept mm-hmm. seeing the, there was a, a, a topic that was trending on Twitter uh, in the last week, especially over, I think it was like last weekend where people were trying to get COVID tests and they couldn't get them. Mm-hmm. And was it, uh, what's her name? The press secretary, uh, Jen, Jen Saki. Someone had asked her a question about, are yeah. you going to be sending more tests? And she was like, absolutely not. And kind of scoffed at it. And then today, yeah. There's a story that came out, and I'll put this up on the screen as Sean kind of elaborates. But now, apparently, the Biden administration is committing to sending 500 million free COVID tests to homes two weeks after her statement, where she kind of laughed it off and said, "We're we're not doing that." So, can you? So, Sean's a little more dialed in uh, on this. Stuff. So, with with uh, with regards to testing, um, America has a our tests are more expensive than say Europe, you can go get a, a, a COVID test in Europe for two bucks. And here, the least expensive ones are about seven. The current process is that you can go and buy these and then send the receipts in to get reimbursed by your insurance company. So whether people actually engage with that process or not to go and get their their tests reimbursed by by the insurance company means that you're creating a barrier between I don't feel well, I have to go do X, Y, or Z, or my kids have to go do X, Y, or Z. And maybe you don't have the the money. Maybe you don't have the ability to go get a test. Maybe the tests aren't available to you. So the spread of the virus continues to happen. Other countries give you tests. They make it a fast process. You request the test. It comes to you or you request, request the test and it's available to you at almost any point. You test yourself if you're feeling ill. You know whether you are or not currently test positive. Now, the at-home tests are not as sensitive as, say, a PCR test. PCR test is like a gold standard. So what other countries have done is made it easier for you to test yourself to know whether you are uh, a risk to your colleagues, to your family, to your neighbors. and it is indicative of the American system. It shows the like flaws in the American system that our health is a thing that is a moneymaker for companies to sell their tests or our health is a moneymaker for somebody to sell their pills or their, you know, whatever it may be. And when the question was posed to the White House press secretary, she kind of laughed and said, I forget exactly the words, but basically like, no, you can get them. They're available. You go buy them, which kind of undercuts the focus of trying to get through this because removing those barriers, making it easy, making it fast is something that's, that's pretty important. So, uh, yeah, if you want to play that, let's, let's listen exactly. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can, uh, let's see what she says. Hold on. Let me cue it back up. Sorry. There we go. Look at what we've done over the course of time. We've quadrupled the size of our testing plan. We've cut the cost significantly over the past few months. And this effort to uh, to push uh, to ensure insurers are you're able to get your your tests uh, refunded means 150 million Americans will be able to get free tests. That's not complicated though. Why not just make them free and give them out to, and have them available everywhere? Should we just send one to every American? 
Maybe. Then, then, what ha then what happens if, you, if every American has one test? How much does that cost? And then what happens after that? Now, all I know is that other countries seem to be making them available for, in greater quantities for less money. Well, I think we share the same objective, which is to make them less expensive and more accessible, right? Uh, every country is going to do that differently. And I was just noting that, again, our tests go through the FDA approval process. So, so what's, what's frustrating is the they have okay so let me let me give them the the benefit right the benefit of the doubt the biden administration has done a lot of work have fun Sean. that has made testing more accessible there was massive there have been massive investments into testing there have been massive investments into making them available they they funded the fda process for a lot of these folks they funded some of the stand up and expansion for testing they paid two of the largest monopolies in America, God bless them, Walmart and Amazon, uh, to make them available at costs. So the under under they, they're funding the costs of carrying these tests in those stores and on the site. But fuck, man, like it is a method for the government to make corporations money, not the focus is let like we will under we will pay for the the corporations to make money and there is something to be said for the logistics train of amazon versus you know what's the government going to do the logistics train of of walmart versus you know what is the government going to do where are they going to start something to be said for that but the the idea that she would laugh when say when saying what are we going to do send them to everybody's house well, Fuck yeah, <laughs> yes. Exactly. Like like that's the kind of service, or not? Yeah, that's the kind of service. Like when you pay your taxes, people get frustrated because it goes to funding massive multinational, multi-billion-dollar corporations whose CEOs have fucking multiple yachts and any body of water larger than their pool, and then it's laughed at when it's like, oh, the government should be providing a service to its citizens that that in a pandemic barriers would be removed because it's our tax money so why should i have to pay my tax money to have a corporation get their test paid for get the testing paid for for fda get the infrastructure built for them the corporations then sell it to another entity that is a monopoly that we pay for that and we give that monopoly tax subsidies or tax breaks to destroy small town America. And then I have to go there and buy it and then come home with my receipt, probably the fucking UPC or whatever it's going to be, mail that shit into my insurance company. And then whenever the insurance company gets around to it, whether they tell me to go fuck myself or not, maybe they'll send, they'll eventually send me a check, right? Like that is, that is the system that we live in that that makes more sense to people than, Let's fucking buy the test, give them to the Postal Service, which is a pseudo government entity that's mandated by Congress to exist that the, the government has control over. It's a private corporation, but not really. Send, like, give them to people. They, they, they fucking show up at your door. Bickety bam. There you go. We have Test Iowa in Iowa. Well, Problem is, it takes five fucking days for you to get your little spit tube. Yeah. Takes like, you go and request it, or you can go down to County Health Office. Go pick up your test, or if you request it, they'll mail you some. It takes takes a while, and then 
get you ship it in a couple days later, you get your test results. Like that is what people were frustrated about. And that's the thing that like they've done a lot of work, but it's in the context of this neoliberal like ideology of like, well, the government can't actually provide services to citizens. We have to support industry making choices and industry will do the right thing if we just nudge them in the right direction. No, fuck that shit. It's too slow. It's too expensive. It's too difficult. And it's the way that this administration views the world. Are you personally, because I know you have access to tests and you've, you've helped me out. Um, there, there was a genuine concern and kind of a, um, almost like a, like a narrative on Twitter this last cool. week of like, I want to get a test, but I can't get a test. So are you concerned that it's going to be hard to get some in the next few weeks? Yeah. When, okay. It's yeah. Probably, Cause we're probably gonna... I had, we had a, my wife, uh, had COVID. She was vaccinated, fully vaccinated. Doesn't go out. Um, Still had a breakthrough case of Delta. And so we had done some tests. Like, she wasn't feeling well. We did a couple of tests. And then she finally tested positive on, like, day three or four. And then we she quarantined and everything. And since then, when I have to travel for work, I go and I have at-home tests or I get a PCR test uh, on the way home. And then maybe a few days later, if I was, you know, somehow exposed or I think I was exposed or I was in fucking Florida. And the the i had when i find them at the store i buy a few boxes and around thanksgiving you could not find for love or money any covid test but i had some at the house because i stocked up and then a couple weeks after thanksgiving they kind of came back and fits and starts and then now i can go to sam's club and get you can get five at a time five boxes so 10 tests at a time mm-hmm. so uh well, this yeah. idea, like, I know I've talked to some people that said, well, I'm just going to, if I'm going to get together with family for Christmas, I'm just going to take a rapid test before I go over. Hmm? But are they, is it, because, like, I know people that have a decent stock of these rapid tests, um, but is that smart to be doing when it may be hard to get them soon? Like, should we, would be trying to ration these tests if it's going to be I don't, hard to I don't, them? I mean, like. I don't, th- I don't know. I don't know. I don't have enough insight into the supply chain of testing. But like for me personally, like if I'm going to I'm I'm going to have my family over for Christmas and the rule is the morning I'm going to get you tests. Take the test before you come over. It's got to be negative, of course. And then like I don't. I'm not going anywhere like I I don't have a need for the tests beyond that. I'm not I'm with I'm not going to go anywhere. So I don't mind burning my my boxes of tests to have family over for Christmas. I think that's important. I think living life is important. Uh, well, if you, if you, if you can, the administration has been very careful about walking back any discussion about lockdowns again, because I've, I've been listening yeah. very carefully to how some people have been reacting to this information. And the first dominant reaction I hear is, Oh God, here we go again. We're going to have to fucking lock down. We're going to No one wants to do this anymore. And then I've been reading actually a lot of people, in the healthcare industry said, nah, I don't really think locking down is the answer here. We just have to kind of uh, evolve and adapt to the situation. And there's going to be certain times of the year where it's going to be more transmissible. And this happens to be that time of year where more people are going to be indoors. That's why I've Mm -hmm. heard a lot of doctors joke where they're like, there's no such thing as a flu season. It's just because people are indoors more often in the winter. So of course you're going to be transmitting, you know, flus and colds and stuff. So that's kind of the mindset of adjusting your mindset to, okay, it's December. 
Um, if I'm going to be with people, it might be a good idea to, to get tested before I'm in a large group of people. There's going to be a vast majority of Americans, I'm sure people even listening to us right now, that are going to be like, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. Um, but, but testing, testing before you, if you're going to carry on life, okay, but testing is a crucial part of that. First off, the fucking vaccine is a crucial part of that. Go get fuck if you're not vaccinated, go get fucking vaccinated That's and then get your booster. Like another uphill battle though with a lot of people. So but but like I, I was reading the Wall Street Journal the other day, and it was not like a an um minute change between oh, I already have COVID and I had COVID and I have a natural immunity through infection versus I have a natural immunity through vaccination. It's not a small difference. It's like a 12 times difference, depending on how much of the vaccine you got. One shot of Johnson Johnson versus two, like Moderna, Moderna and Pfizer, mm-hmm. right? So the antibody production based on two vaccine courses for Moderna or Pfizer and the booster is dwarfs any kind of antibodies that you get from a natural infection. So vaccine vaccines is important and testing is important. That's why building out this infrastructure. So if you're going to tell people like, fuck it, let's go back. Let's figure out how to live with this. Let's figure out how to trudge forward. Testing infrastructure is incredibly important. Yeah, that's going to be very and, important. But And we took our foot off the gas uh-huh. in terms of funding it from the federal government. We took our foot off the gas of providing tests, of stressing the urgency of tests. Because in June, fuck, we thought it was over, right? Like, CDC was like, if you're vaccinated, fuck it, masks off. You don't have to wear a mask anywhere anymore. We've showed that graphic on the show before. About it was There was the column of if you did get vaccinated, and there was the column if you didn't. If you got vaccinated, they were like, yeah, fucking take your clothes off, Sean. You're good. June was a wonderful month. I was like, yeah, this is fucking great. And then July was a big old smack in the face. Oh, Oh, whoopsies, Delta. uh, Whoopsies. And then now it's Omicron. Like, fuck, three weeks. If you thought Delta was bad, Omicron is the predominant strain in America after three fucking weeks. And, and, here's, and here's the other unfortunate situation is that I'm in a daily situation from a, from an, from a work standpoint where yeah. not one mask is in sight. Uh, I have absolutely no idea who's been vaccinated, who has, uh, who has been, who hasn't been. Yeah. There's no discussion about this taking place right now. No. Um, zero, like literally zero, zero communication, zero announcement, mm-hmm. zero statement, nothing. You would think that nothing is going on. And that's, that's the other, that's the other world. There's, there's kind of two competing ideologies taking place in this country right now. There are the people that are actively paying attention to hospitalization rates, watching the data going like, ah, oh, we might want to be careful. And then there's people who are just like, dude, I've been vaccinated twice. I'm good. Like that's the end game. Um, I've had these conversations with family members where they're like, what's the end game for you? And I'm like, and I, I agree with them. Like the, the end game was we're, we're going to wait out and get this vaccine. And then it, there are some people that happened to get COVID while waiting to get that vaccine. It finally came out. We did the two shots. There was a lot of conflicting information about the booster. Uh, at, at first, there was a couple people that left the FDA that said, listen, I don't think this is necessary. This was way before even the Delta strain was starting to kind of take hold. And now that the Delta strain has t- taken hold, not Omicron, is it Omicron? I was mispronouncing. Omicron. Omicron. Now that that has taken hold, now people are like, well, you might want to get the booster now. 
Um, I have yet to well, get the booster because I've been a little lax on it, but now I'm thinking about getting it because I have yeah, get the booster. yet, but I, I have people around me that have like, I've, I've had COVID I've had the first shot. I've had the second shot. I'm good. I'm going to live life. And I can't look at those people and actually tell them that they're completely wrong because they've taken the steps to get the shot. There are mm-hmm. also people around me that have flat out. I refuse to get any shot. I'm not getting a vaccine. I'm not getting though that, 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 that's, that's my hard. I, I have a hard time, Sean, looking at the person in the face that actively got a vaccine and calling them a fucking idiot. No, no, they're not an idiot. But it's it's more of like the the data on that one speaks for itself. Like the the wild type. Two courses of Pfizer or Moderna, you're like 96 and 98 percent effective against catching. Well, succumbing to severe D- yeah, disease for covid right you can definitely catch it yeah it goes down or went down for for delta to like 60 some percent for for pfizer and then lower with omicron yeah and then when you get the booster for delta you are back up in the 90s and it seems to be the same for omicron and the 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 jump between shot number one and shot number two was a, a good jump between between the two for antibody production. But then with shot three, and there's a really good set of graphics in the Wall Street Journal that show the difference between like if you have Moderna first, the two shots for Moderna, and then you get Pfizer, if you have Johnson Johnson, and then you get Moderna, the mixture, the permutations and mixtures, what that does for your antibody production and it gives a visual for like holy fuck it's like very it's it the jump between shot two and shot three depending on what your course is it doesn't matter what the course is the jump is significant depending on what you've done whether it's johnson johnson then you get pfizer i think that was the biggest one or pfizer moderna doesn't matter some of them are quite a bit bigger jumps than others so the protection you get from shot three provides a lot more protection than did the first two by themselves so that's where i come in with that's where i would say like it's not you're not dumb you're not fucking stu- like i'm not you, you did you got the vaccine good job awesome but like here's some data that shows like get the third one and you're a lot safer and for me personally it's not necessarily for me like i don't want to i don't want to succumb to covid i don't want to get covid it doesn't sound like fun but the i don't want to give it to some like that has always been my thing is like, I don't want to give it to someone. I don't want to be the vector for transmission. I don't want to be the person going around giving it to people. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I take care. That's why I take care for where I go, where I wear a mask, where I eat, where I open my mouth, where I breathe, or whether I'm coughing or not. Um, and then how I protect myself and my family and others by getting the vaccine. So that that's where that would come from. Um, and then for the FDA thing, the people that were leaving, the, the ethical concern about boosters in June was there's no reason for a there was for wild type. There was no reason for a booster like it changed, yeah. it, it, the, the circumstance changed that necessitated a booster. But had Delta never come out and that was just purely like pharma companies wanting to have the most expensive healthcare system in the world pay exorbitant rates paid for by the federal government to give people vaccines 
that they would have to sell otherwise have to sell around the world for like not as much right so they want to get a third shot into people and yes it did produce an added level of antibody production added level of immunity but to give people a third shot while most of the world hadn't had one was a an ethical breach that that some people couldn't abide and it, the decision was still made to like say it was cool to have a, a third shot at that time it was for vulnerable communities so like 80 and above 75 65 and above but then when delta came out and then now omicron it's kind of like well it's a necessity now so the circumstances changed on that one that's anyway funny. yeah no that's it just sucks. fucking covid just fucking stinks. covid dude i know just fucking stinks i'm um, tired of it too everybody i i know fucking covid I, I know we I, I we had to talk a little bit about it because we just we've been kind of deviating and it's it's been yeah. changing. Um, outside of that, there was a little bit of movement, and you actually uh, passed along the the PowerPoint in question. So, was, <laughs> <laughs> I know here we go. So there's been a continued investigation into the January sixth incident. I watched um, a documentary on HBO Max where they compiled like six or seven different people that were actually uh, on the ground inside the Capitol when the events took place. And, and like, I think three or four of them uh, were filming either mm -hmm. on the phone or with like a fancy uh, camera. And a couple of them were, were like full blown. I think we're doing the right thing by going in here. I think Donald Trump's, you know, I, I believe Donald, what Donald Trump is telling me. And then there was just like straight up people that were like, I just want to document this because I'd never seen something like this take place. And they were initially just there mm -hmm. to document the the little rally that they were having. And then they just happened to move with the crowd and go like, oh, fuck, like this is getting out of hand, um, which is another bizarre thing to me that when you turn on like a Tucker Carlson documentary saying like this was orchestrated by Antifa and the FBI, but then you have like normal video journalists on the right. ground. And like I have a phone and I filmed what was happening. What are you yeah. talking about? It's such a weird thing that the the narrative baiting was very strange. And then we get this information. Uh, this PowerPoint mm -hmm. comes out. There was text messages from Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram and Donald Trump Jr. Basically telling the president, me. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, I go on the air and I defend you. Mm -hmm. What, like, what are you doing? And because it was at the tail end of that documentary. If you didn't see it, I don't know if you got a chance to see mm -hmm. it, Sean. There's a moment where they're all inside the Capitol and a bunch of people pull their phones out and they're reading, uh, they're they're playing the video where Donald Trump was in the the garden, uh, mm -hmm. and he says, "Listen, everybody, uh, th thank you." And then he he tells everybody essentially go home, mm -hmm. and a bunch of people are like, "He said to go home, so it's time to go home." And then a bunch of people were like, "No, we can't go home because if we go home, we lose. This is where we stand our fucking ground," and that's when all shit broke loose where you're watching one corridor where people are being like pressed and pushed and mm -hmm. there's people screaming, going like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And the Capitol police are like, we are not letting these fuckers get in here. And they're pushing back and they're pushing back. It gets, it's one of the most intense things I've ever seen to watch it. You see it from the Capitol police perspective. You see it from mm -hmm. the perspective of people that were just standing there. Um, but there, this PowerPoint came out that you passed along to me. Um, we actually have the PowerPoint. Uh, do we, do we want to look at the, well, I guess the, the story kind of explains. It's just insane. Stuff, but walk me through the, 
the PowerPoint here because I actually have it up on the screen. And this so, was the day before the this was the day before, correct? Yeah. The, well, this was about. this was circulating on January fifth. So there's a there's a bunch of weird like so there I think there's going to be well I know there's going to be a lot more information to come out about this, and this is being presented as though it's a, a spontaneous thing, like it was spontaneously happened. It just so happened everyone was here for a January sixth rally. Trump said, "Go down there and see what happens," and then they broke into the Capitol. Right? The administration had people and we don't know exactly who was using this but they were building a narrative around why it was okay to steal the election why why the election sorry why the election how it been stolen from them so regardless of whether this is actually true because it's not this is a a this powerpoint is a document that highlights the method or the path that they were going to use to declare the election invalid. So by itself, it's a relatively like insane document. And by itself doesn't really seem to indicate a whole lot other than like, here's a bunch of different ways we could steal this election. But then you start placing things together and on january 5th grassley said something to the effect of if mike pence isn't there i'll be in charge of and then he walked it back saying well i just meant for the debate portion not the counting of the vote so and then the national guard didn't show up when they thought they should be and the way that the Pentagon was reacting to the mobilization of the National Guard and then the seemingly cover up. And then some of the people that were a part of the D.C. National Guard had come out saying like those generals, one of whom is General Flynn's brother. Right. So on January 6th, the call for help was being routed to the person who is the brother of one of the chief advisors to the president or had been chief advisor to the president, the ideological like buddy of the president. And I don't know that anything nefarious happened, but I do know that the colonel who was in charge of the guards response that day came out and said, those two lied to Congress in their testimony about the January 6th response. Not just like, Oh, they misspoke. They fucking lied. And there's a lot of shenanigans that happened around this. Um, what we're looking at now is this PowerPoint in which they're, they're going highlighting yeah. highlighting data. And yes, <laughs> but it's data. Like if you look at data, you see a bunch of weird things about data all the time. So they're just circling all like data. Like, look at this weird part of the data. Look at yeah. this. They're Both of us got a bump, but one uh, Biden got a bigger bump. They're circling points where the mail-in ballots had not been counted yet. So yeah. that, and again, the, the, this is the one thing that I've been shocked by that grown adults don't know how mail-in ballots work. It's mainly because they weren't a very prominent, you could vote that way, but a lot of people didn't vote that way. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, the, the data that that administration received had to make them shit their pants when they realized how many mail-in ballot requests were going out. 
mean, mm-hmm. that's the problem. It's kind of like the people that tell you we can go to the moon and they don't bother to research how much gas was put into the rockets and all the objects right. that are sitting on the on the face of the moon that you can literally right. shine a laser at the moon to show that <laughs> get a response it. back. Yeah. And it's kind of yeah. like it's it, it it's reminding me of that when I heard grown adults doing the same thing with mail-in ballots. I'm like, oh, you don't like understand anything then, do you? Like right. it's it was very bizarre. But yeah, this this whole PowerPoint's going state by what was the state where he was looking for more votes, by the way? Was it Georgia or Arizona? Both. Was it both? Okay. Arizona. It was Arizona. Um, Arizona, Pennsylvania were the two big ones. And then the discrepancy I think Georgia. Of votes, it matches up with the amount that he was trying to look for. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we just find that extra 40,000. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you can't, you can't do I need you to go find 40,000 extra yeah. votes. Yeah. You can't do this PowerPoint um, and then fucking, you know. Right. Yeah. It's strange. It's, it's, it's this is a coup attempt. I mean, what what you're seeing is a coup attempt. That's what that's what yeah. this is. I and I kind of that's what you saw on January 6th. What you saw on January 2021. I'm I'm fascinated if people are going to study these powerpoints when they leak like this to see the because it's it's essentially like if you like if, to make a football analogy, it was like if the coach accidentally left his playbook uh, on the field, and you're getting a glimpse at some talking points of like this mm-hmm. is how we can manipulate uh narratives in our favor and a lot of this information like especially i'm seeing dominion popping up a lot Mm -hmm. there have been countless lawsuits that have been thrown out in courts by conservative judges that said this makes no fucking sense what you're doing yeah the my pillow guy probably is the most prominent guy that's been doing this stuff and held a uh i forget the name of the event that he held but he had this like three or four day event where he was in a in North Dakota, and yeah. they and there was like independent, uh, de- like and people that I mean, like legitimately people that said, "Yeah, I, I voted for Donald Trump, and this guy is a fucking idiot." And they were looking yeah. at the data that he was putting up on the screen, going, "Like you can't manipulate that data." When it comes, like it was, it was fascinating to watch someone that understands. It was kind of like when the 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 congressional meeting, when all those all the, the 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 men and women in congress were were talking to people in tech and they didn't understand basic fundamentals of social yeah, media yeah it reminded me of that when i was watching the my pillow guy talk about like a lot of this data cuz i'm seeing the same stuff in this powerpoint and it was like it was almost like he got the same powerpoint like oh let's just keep this this fucking roll if he had legitimate data that could show that there mm-hmm. was legitimate discrepancies that stuff was going to get vetted and it was going to get out in the public and it's, That's not yeah. happening. It's pure, pure fucking insanity. But this is, I mean, trickling down into state legislatures. Like the the yeah. fundamentals of this are trickling down into state legislatures. There it is. You can read about uh, the Republican push to limit mail in voting, to limit different ways early voting, to limit different ways for you to vote. So the response to their unpopularity is to limit the amount of people they can voice their opinion on it. And then, uh, and I read an article about this, can't remember where, but basically these ideas have trickled down and now it is kind of accepted in some circles of conservative thought that states can control what electors they send to get counted. So Yes, we have a representative democracy. We have the Electoral College. Technically, 
you could have somebody in the electoral college go and vote for not the person that we were sent there to vote for. Now it is becoming a process where the states are trying to figure out, or some states, conservative states, are trying to figure out how they can control those electors or how they can send a second set of electors that would then challenge the democratically sent set of, set of electors and have them cast their votes and their ballots and grab the chaos. And if you want to see the difference between uh, a group that manages this chaos well and a group that doesn't, look at the, 20, the 2000 election versus the 2020 election. Al Gore had his presidency stolen from him by George Bush, right? They went to the Supreme Court and the conservatives on the Supreme Court made George Bush president. Done. They said the democratic process cannot play out. It shall not play out. We are deciding that we are we are the ones that are deciding who's going to be president. The count stops now. Oh, we stopped the count while Bush was up because we didn't count all the ballots. Okay. That's um, and they had the the Republicans had done a very masterful, not masterful, the, the brute force, and they didn't have fucking idiots, complete fucking idiots running the show. So they maintained a, a veneer of of like normalcy of legal, like oh, we're just we're just following the legal rabbit down the well, hole wherever it goes. The legal, yeah, the legal back and forth for the decision to. Um, give Bush the election was a one-time thing that the Supreme Court said. Literally, the Supreme Court yeah. ruling was, this is the first time and only time we will rule this way. And, and then like, they said, you what? can't use this as precedent ever again. Yeah, it can't. No it can't lower court can use again. this as precedent ever yeah. again. So the like conservatives they, yeah. on that court said, our guy's the president, fuck off, Al Gore. And Al Gore abided by that. Yeah, right? Like He bowed out. Yeah. He bowed out. He abided by it. Maybe he should have. Maybe he shouldn't have. I'm probably I'm in the court. He probably shouldn't have. But like, what are you gonna do then, right? That is a successful coup. That is a success, successful steal of the of uh, uh, our democracy. And George W. Bush was fucking president for it. And then this one was run by complete fucking idiots. And thank God they bumble fucked their way through it. And they literally tried a coup attempt by inciting a riot and they had plans. And I hope that I, I, we are going to find out exactly what those plans are. Um, the reason we saw this PowerPoint is because Mark Meadows turned over all of his documents and then went, ah, fuck. I didn't mean all the documents. God damn it. And then un turned like, so he did the dumb, dumb, the dumbest thing possible, which is I don't want to get a, I don't want to get a contempt of court charge or whatever the term is and i'll give over my documents and cooperate with the january 6th committee and then after he turned over his documents people started seeing all these texts between him and all the fox news hosts and then <laughs> yeah. he goes nah fuck now i'm gonna be in contempt of court fuck so he already gave his documents and then he backed out of it so now he's double fucked because he already gave his documents now he's saying i'm not going to cooperate anymore so he's going to go in to get a contempt charge so Complete fucking idiots all the way around. Also, if you think that Fox News is an unbiased source, holy fuck. Like, just look at those texts. They're literally saying, I can't whitewash this 
tell him to tell those people to go out and fucking go home. I can't make yeah. this go away. This is really bad. You is guys are really... making this really hard for me to make this go away. And also, your son can't get old. Like, your son has to go to your chief of staff. Is that My... really breaking news, though, that Fox News would be? You know, it's pretty fucking stark. I mean, because like, you, yeah, you can say, honest. like, they're just ideologically aligned. But these texts are like Laura Ingram saying, like, oh, my God, you guys are making it really hard for me to carry water for you. And then she continued, like, and then you see the subsequent few months, the last year, I guess, well, about a year, of her saying it was Antifa and the FBI and no Trump Republican would have ever been involved in that January 6th rally. Don't believe what your lying eyes are telling you. And then you see her texts going, these are Trump's people. I tell him to tell them to go home. This is yeah, really bad. So you like 100% fucking lies, right? Like there, like it is no, it is not like a, it is not a, it is not a situation in which we're looking at an ideologically aligned person who is yeah. ID, who is like debating with like the principal or whatever you want to call them that this should be done differently. You know, this is how I think or whatever. This is like, I, I can't propagandize right now. You need to give me something to propagandize with. And then they go and do it, right? On TV, yeah, on, on national television. Um, Steve in uh, Pennsylvania said, Texas tried to sue my state in an attempt yeah. to overturn the election results. So, um, it's fucking insane. Yeah, it's, you know. So it, stay tuned to yeah, the insane. January 6th committee. We yeah, serve them really well. I need to be better about it because there's just a shitload of information coming out about it, but it's been holidays, it's been busy shit. But well, I intend it, to like go down that rabbit hole and then be able to give you like a TikTok like, all right, everybody, sit down, sit down for a couple of hours, <laughs> recite all this shit. Well, there there was some stuff with like Steve Bannon, like he got, did he get like, was there a, like a subpoena where he decided yeah. not to show up and then he eventually showed up and then I saw him saying, this is the, this is the moment where we're going to, you know, mm -hmm. come at everybody for, for, go, you know, investigating this essentially. Um, but yeah, we, we should definitely uh, circle back to, we will. uh, Cause it's, it's, uh, it's kind of just starting to ramp up a little bit. So yeah. we will see. Um, I apologize if my microphone levels have been super low for the first like portion of this show. Uh, my good buddy, Ryan Drosty pointed that out to me. So I boosted my levels a little bit. So if anybody's live listening, can give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If the mic sounds better on my end, let me know. Sean has apparently sounded uh, loud and beautiful this entire time. So no issues with Sean, but uh, probably because Sean's part of the PC master race now. So he's a, uh, yeah, I got a, I got a brand new computer. Adam, yeah. Adam's Adam does it. And I was like, I, yeah, yeah. I had fun. That was fun building here. that. I was like, Oh yeah, get this, get this. And then I was like, Hey, you could do this. And Sean's like, eh, I'm good. I don't need to do that. But yeah, I don't know what, I don't know what you just said about that video card. I just wanted to play <laughs> video games better than my Xbox. And evidently Adam made fun of my Xbox for having like a 2017 video well. card. I mean, it's a console, so it's going to be limited. But yeah, that's all right. Yeah, you, this, you're doing fuck, good. this thing's fucking blazing. Yeah, you're doing good. You got a lot of you got a lot of RAM of that thing. Good mother. It's got like LED lights. It's got fans yeah. with lights on them and shit. It looks like it's, yeah. it, looks, it looks like it's off the Enterprise. It looks like it's got a warp coil in it. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be good stuff. Uh, do we want to do the naughty and nice list? So uh, yeah, this was fun. I th this literally today. Sean texted me. He's like, dude, we should do a naughty and nice list. I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. And then I'm sitting there. I'm like, 
naughty 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 i'm like dude my naughty list is at five and i i have like one thing actually i came up initially with two nice things and i was like this is gonna be rough i I, and then you were laughing you're like ah fuck it we'll just have a super super uh long naughty list but i i did get into five and five and so did you um do we want to get some uh do we want to put on some ambiance? Put the here, Christmas, okay, put the Christmas. Christmas music on, and it's and it's royalty-free Christmas music, everybody. Yeah. So if you're like, I don't recognize that, yeah. probably a reason. Yeah, I'll I'll make it a little quiet. It's yeah, royalty-free Christmas music. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, you want to you want to start with your no, list? A little or? bit more. Is it Maybe really a loud? Okay. A little bit loud. All right, I'm gonna go four. I don't want my beautiful loud voice drowned out by. Is four is four good? Is MIDI good? music, yeah. Okay, that's good. That's I know good. it is. It is MIDI music. Um um let's see where do i want to do i want to start with your list first sure okay Happy i'll start to. with your list first okay let me get you going here so um let's see blah 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 there we go let's start with so i'm just going to pop it up on the screen so we'll we'll let it dominate mm-hmm. uh do you want to start with your naughty or your nice first uh naughty list okay. Okay. so first off just out of like obvious reasons the gop fuck them uh, number two, Senator Joe Manchin. Fuck Senator Joe Manchin. The, the evidently the erstwhile president, the guy who gets to make decisions about whether our our world burns, so that he and his wife can make money off of their coal company. Like seriously, go look it up. His daughter is is in charge of Mylan Pharmaceuticals. Just Jesus Christ. The entire Build Back Better bill was like burned in ashes because of Joe Manchin and. His partner in crime, uh, Senator Kristen Sinema. Uh, also not a terribly good senator. Uh, zero fucks. Two of them, zero fucks about what actually helps their state. Um, yeah, I can't say enough bad things about them. Uh, fourth, Joe Rogan. Uh, decisive uh, turn to the right. A little bit of anti-vax. little bit of uh, uh, COVID misinformation on a massive platform not terribly pleased with a guy who's uh who i like and who i think has good intentions and and love for the world but i but in the way he frames things i see a lot of like conservative disinformation and i think he's being uh his sources of information are not as rigorous as they should be so fuck and then lastly uh on my naughty list are all the anti-vaxxers especially the ones that are on the youtubes spreading the disinformation it is getting out of hand they are endangering uh, the ongoing recovery from COVID. Uh, it is purely for profit. It is purely to confuse people. It is purely so they can get clicks, ad revenue, followers, and it's fucking disgusting. So uh, I will be 99 years old, and people ask me, who's on your naughty list? It'll be fucking anti-vaxxers. Fuck you. Get vaccinated. On my nice list, the squad. God help them. They fucking busted their asses for Build Back Better. Harder than the the administration. And then they get the blame uh, when when uh, Joe Manchin fucks over the entire Democratic system, uh, Democratic Party, and the American people. Bernie Sanders uh, out here carrying water for the administration. Um, he's been doing it fuck, from the beginning of the Biden administration. That dude's been traveling around. Always on my nice list. Immunologists and science communicators uh, for the two, two. I'll, I'll lump them in together, but I wanted to give them their own line. Uh, man, they've been doing a lot of work trying to explain to people 
why vaccines works, why vaccines work, how they're safe, how they affect your body, uh, what parts of your body react, how they react, what the technology is. And then some dude with uh, an F-150 parked in a Walmart parking lot and has, you know, zero education on any of it gets more hits, <laughs> more followers, more interaction and more say uh, uh, over, you know, public discourse and spreads more disinformation than any of those people could possibly pet, possibly send out. So fuck, thanks for your ceaseless uh, educational efforts to immunologists and science communicators. Then nurses uh, for two years now have been getting their asses kicked by a slew of patients. Um, thanks. Uh, Steve was uh, wondering why no Ted Cruz on your... I seriously <laughs> thought about it. I didn't want to... I fucking hate Ted Cruz. And I just didn't think it needed to be said. Like, I didn't... Like, it just, know, you know... I know. I, I figured it was... There'll be a little, there'll little be a, an homage to something Ted Cruz did in, in Twas the Night Before Christmas. So, uh, yes, Steve, Steve knows my uh, unmitigated hatred for Ted Cruz. And that has not uh, uh, subsided. But I thought I'd keep it on more of a generalized, naughty or nice list. As though he had a chance not to be on it. That's fair. That's fair. How about yours, Adam? Um, Fire away, buddy. Well, I, I kind of went in a different direction than Sean did. Uh, Sean was a little uh, bit nicer than, than I was, and I took a different approach. So I was I was looking at stuff that I maybe wanted to talk about on our show, but we didn't we don't get an opportunity to because we just we, we take gaps and breaks and stuff. Um, Are yours all wrestlers? No, they're not wrestlers. But um, I <laughs> I went a little different. I I went first one on my naughty list was Nancy Pelosi and. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things you could go after Nancy about. I've never liked Nancy Pelosi. I've you've always called Steve Manchin a ghoul, and I've always considered Nancy to be a complete ghoul, mm -hmm. um, just because she just seems so ingenuine as a politician. And there's just always been something about her that's bothered me. And now that there's more information coming out about her, it it kind of I hate to be that like, well, I told you so, but it makes me feel a little bit better at, at that that was my initial inclination about her. And the one that bothered me the most recently was the the free market economy comment she made where yeah. there was a question asked about hey do you think maybe it's a good idea if we ban congressional lawmakers from you know owning shares of companies and she was like well you know it's a free market we should be able to participate and stuff like that and then uh walter schaub who was the former u.s office of uh government ethics a former director um under obama and trump came out and he's like um your average person doesn't get confidential briefings Right. Uh, about, you know, <laughs> non-public information about stocks. And yeah. that's completely ridiculous uh, that you would say that. And as of 2015, Sean, she's estimated to be have a net worth of over $100 million. Mm. So it's hard for me as a citizen to listen yep. to someone that has that much money say those comments. So she dropped right on my naughty list, 100% on that one. Um the Biden administration one, I wanted to actually write what I wanted to put there, but it, it looks like I'm being like a Fox Newsy uh, conservative here when I say Biden administration. The reason I'm saying Biden administration, because it will lead into what I also put on my uh, my nice list. So um, there were recently there was something that came out that the Biden administration 
had a meeting with a bunch of newsrooms where they were pleading to have better coverage about the economy. And I cringed when I, when I saw what they were actually saying at these meetings, this was uh, David Kamen. This was, um, I forget the other people that were involved. They were uh, part of the national economic council deputy directors. And they, they were briefed uh, briefing people, you know, CNN and all these other media outlets basically saying, you know, I think we should be getting better uh, taps on the back about job mm-hmm. creation, about economic growth, about supply chains, about all this stuff, which of course is not happening right now because of inflation. But it was, it struck me. It was there. There's a lot of things you could criticize them for, but that one felt really gross to me that they mm-hmm. were eating and begging for better coverage. That is not how this works. Um, of course, you're going to have media entities that will be favorable towards certain administrations. But to, to do that, it, you have to call that out. And that was completely fucking gross. So that's that's what I, I landed me on the, the naughty list and then we'll lead something on the nice list. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll blow through these quickly because I know Sean did. I'm, I'm, I'm talking way too much. But uh, <laughs> the, the third one was whoever is trying to make uh, Kamala Harris and Pete Buttigieg a thing for yeah. 2024, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just knock that it is, off. That, that needs to, uh, Joe Biden has basically said he's going to run again. I've, I've heard rumors, Sean, that Hillary has been tossed in as a possibility to rematch Trump. No, I, no. no we're not doing that. Absolutely no. not. Um, no. That that sounds completely awful. So bunch I of had emptiness, a bunch of platitudes. Yeah, gross. No, thank you. Um, a person that we've talked about on this show, uh, Representative uh, Lauren Boebert, uh, I Ugh. shared this on our Twitter page, at Flyover on Anchor on Twitter. Her and her whole family holding guns, her children holding guns. There was was a Louis Gohmert was the one that she was. Well, not Louis Gohmert. It was um, Eric Massey, I think. I forget the the person where she was mm-hmm. like, hey, we got your back and we got all the guns. And I'm like, I, I showed that to friends of mine that are uh, gun people. And even they were like, what the fuck? That's weird yeah. to be it's taking very a Christmas weird. photo with gun. We shared it on our Twitter if you missed it, but um yeah that was that was gross also she uh she's been calling the squad the jihad squad yes telling stories about uh supposedly uh ilhan omar um coming onto the elevator and worried that she had a a bomb like like just racist shit and it's fucking gross not a good person uh and then the last one is kind of self-explanatory as trumpers um there was something that Dan Crenshaw said recently where he was describing the members of the House of Freedom Caucus as being grifters. You could also completely put Dan in the category of being a grifter because he was back to doing the, the we can say Merry Christmas stuff again mm-hmm. on Twitter, which was it's totally grifting. But he had a he had a pretty good point, I thought, um, about that, where he was basically saying that there's performance artists in this in this party. And a lot of them happen to uh, still actively support Donald Trump, which I don't understand. Um, he's still very, very popular. Um, it's going to continue to happen. I know there's nothing personally I can do about that. Uh, but man, the, the, the grifting and the Trump, I just can't believe that's still a thing, but it's probably going to be a thing. I know I did see Trump's former attorney, um, Michael Cohen. He said in his personal opinion, he doesn't actually think Trump is going to run in 2024. He thinks he's just running the greatest grift in U.S. history by crowdfunding because he's been crowdfunding since he's been out of office. Uh, and he thinks that that's going to continue to just basically be a, 
a way to crowdfund and support whatever next venture he's going to do because mm -hmm. he sees gold in them hills by crowdfunding <laughs> off dummies and he makes a lot of money off of it that wasn't it didn't he make like over a million or something out off of the election fraud stuff and he well, the knows next is gonna be next is gonna be uh fucking crypto and yeah. nfts absolutely absolutely he knows for sure that how to make his money um andrew yang is gonna be on my nice list because he made a comment mm. about the two-party system running its course there's a lot of things i do and i don't like that andrew yang says but i really liked what he said about the two-party system how it's kind of run its course um maybe if we have time we can play the clip it's a short clip um but i thought he made a pretty good point about how the way things are going right now it's it's heading in a bad direction mm -hmm. and it's going to be and i know he's starting like a like a pseudo third party and i don't really think that's the answer either um but a lot mm -hmm. of the stuff that he said about his, his thought processes was he thinks people should uh, different there should be multiple parties different sections instead of this two-party system that's just kind of floundering right now and i i enjoyed his commentary because there's there's been some stuff that i really don't agree with what that he said um but i thought that was good so i wanted to to put him on my nice list just because i i appreciate him at least making the effort to talk about that stuff um because i i agree with him i think the two-party system completely stinks right now yeah. um i put sean on my nice list because Aww, thank you when i when i was sick and i thought i had covid multiple times you were always the first person to get me tests. You would get me mass if I need any, um, anything. Super, super helpful. So I put you on my nice list because that was very nice of you to do that. A lot of people are dicks right now. <laughs> uh, the whole IO and ICE thing is completely dead to me. It's um, gone. Yeah, it's all gone. It's nice to know that there are still some nice people like Sean uh, in existence. So I put you on my nice list. Um, I put our buddy uh, Johnson County Supervisor John Green on my list because I was very um, refreshed when we had a conversation with him uh, a few a few months ago, where it was just nice to um, it it was it was nice to know that there is someone out there at a local level that is involved in politics that gives me hope for the future. If that makes sense, mm -hmm. um, just to know that he's genuine, he's not going to bullshit me. Um, he'll he'll drink a beer and, and and talk with me about stuff and I may not agree with what he's saying but I know he's being genuine about it and that was always my problem with that saying of like oh you could have a beer with but like John will have a beer with you and then tell you why I disagree with you and actually dive deep in a, in a topic and actually give some substance and not just try to like appeal to your to the basic parameter of your brain and that's what I liked about John it was very refreshing so um, I, I had to put him on my list and then the last two are just kind of self-explanatory healthcare system. Obviously it's been a, a fucking nightmare the last two years. So anybody that's in that industry um, it's, it's, it's gross to call it an industry, but it is an industry. Um, but anybody who's involved in that, obviously um, it's been rough. So I, I feel sorry for them and I thank them. And then the independent media is a playoff of what I was talking about with the Biden administration, where I, it, it pains me to say this as someone that went to college for journalism, but traditional media right now is becoming really challenging uh to watch and it's been nice to have voices on on youtube like breaking points like david pakman like kyle klingman um you know obviously there's some other voices out there that are a little loud like steven crowder uh that you know share sentiments that are a little aggressive but i like some independent voices like the ones i mentioned that will have 
genuine conversations. I may agree, I may disagree, but I like the fact that it's a, it's in an outlet that's accessible and, and and not being suppressed. Although sometimes things do get suppressed on YouTube, which is a little scary. Certain topics, um, but it's refreshing to have kind of like the non-corporate viewpoint. You're just getting straight to something, even if you don't agree with it. You're at least you're allowing your brain to take in something is what I'm trying to say. So that's, that's why I stuck the independent media uh, on my nice list. So there we go, Sean. That's my stuff. A little, little different than some of the stuff that you were going with, but there you go. Are you still with me, Sean? Oh no, I lost Sean. Did his internet go out? I'm going to have to have him call me back. I'm going to turn the Christmas music off because that's going to be annoying as fuck. <laughs> I lost Sean. I'm going to text Sean really quick. I'm going to say, Sean, uh he said video something's wrong you dropped off the call i said try rebooting oh there's sean there he's oh. back i sent you a video what was happening on my computer what was happening i don't know it was just oh, like you're back you're back it was like flashing it was flashing well you're back so that's good I was just going on a diatribe about the independent media, so you didn't really miss anything. <laughs> I was like, this is why CNN sucks. This is why Fox News sucks. And this is why, I'm, you know, I was just doing one of those things. Just go for so, it. Yeah, just, yeah. I, 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 yeah, that's go for I, it. That's why I put them on the independent media. Um, do we want to, uh, before we lose you again, do we want to close with your, uh, with your, was the night before Christmas that you put together. This was great. Yeah. I, I fucking read this thing. I was like, wow, Sean, like went for it. He went for it. It was, it was, a, a, yeah. it was sadly, uh, uh, a, a lot of work. It was, but it's, it's good. I'm going to, I'm going to get a little prepped here. So, uh, you want to put your, put your hat on. You're going to, you're going to get all prepped here, Sean. Yes. I have to pull it back up. Okay. My entire, all of my shit just crashed. Oh, so everything am, crashed on your, oh no, that's not yeah, good. Like it was just flashing black. Like it would pop okay. up and it would like flash and then it so would I like saw, just stop. I, I saw your internet connection go from green to red when I was doing my list. I don't know what was, that was. Oh no, it's hat. I was like, shit. I don't know, no, right. no, I don't know what that was. That's all right. Um, we, while you're queuing stuff up, uh, top rope nation checking. I believe that's Ryan Rosty. Nothing would give me more mm -hmm. joy than to lock Ted Cruz in a sharpshooter leg lock. Have you ever seen Bret Hart do the sharpshooter? It's a wonderful submission oh. move. No. So, so look it up. Look it up. That that that's we maybe we could Photoshop that and make that come to life. Ted Cruz in okay. a sharpshooter, but it's a painful move, is what Ryan's trying to say. Good. So it, it would cause Ted Cruz a lot of pain. Good. Yes. So. It's always fun to do wrestling references, and Sean's like, "What? I don't know what you're talking, talking about." But sharpshooter, what? All right, all right, everybody. Sean spent a lot of time with this, so we're gonna we're gonna make this real nice. I wish it was. I wish I could say that I didn't, but uh, it was. It was. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Let me how get it. You, how loud do you want to hear the fire? By the way, the the crackling of the fire. I think it adds a little something. Adds a little something. Let me see if I can. Yeah, get this it, up it here. certainly adds a little something. It does. All right, let me do the fire there. Let me kill that. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn myself off. Okay. All right. Okay, here we go. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through Congress, not a creature was stirring, not even the warmongers. The bills are all written with dutiful care, in the hopes that lawmakers' souls were still there. Congress was nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of campaign contributions danced in their heads 
when on their social media there arose such a clatter. They sat up in their mansions to see what was the matter. Away to their phones they flew like a flash, tore off the charger, and gazed at that glass. The soft radiance of tablets aglow gave luster to delicate tweets seen below. They lifted their screens to see what would appear. Shitloads of Americans screaming in fear. All hope seemed lost. Build Back Better was dead. The American public didn't want it, they said. This was a lie. It all knew it was true. They just pretended to listen to me and to you. Republicans knew all along just what they had done. But the Chamber of Commerce and ALEC demanded their fun. More rapid than eagles, dark money, it came. And they whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now pharma, now finance, now charter schools and defense. On healthcare, on coal, on oil and insurance. To the top of society, to the top of it all. Now spend away, spend away, spend away all. As cowards that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky. So off to Cancun the senators flew, with carry-ons full of swimsuits. They're lobbyists, too. And then... In a cacophony I heard on the TV, Republicans saying and showing how they hate you and me. Between the oinking and braying from that cult of asses, they carried on their war between classes. I drew up my ire and was pacing around. When into the discourse, they came with a bound. They were dressed mighty fancy from their head to their toe. Their clothes were pristine. Their crucifix on show. Build back better. They tossed out the back. They set it on fire, those bills, the whole stack. So in front of Fox News, they jockeyed their turn so they could cheer and watch the world burn. In the firelight, their eyes, how they twinkled, their dimples so merry. Their cheeks were like roses, their noses like cherry. With make-believe morals, pure as the new-fallen snow, they ass-fucked our future with a big strap-on bow. The planet will burn, our cities will flood. Their uncalloused hands are all covered in blood. Our children will tend schools with lockdown drills while Congress ignores them to pass huge defense bills. With a wink of their eye and a twist of their head, soon gave me to know they wished I was dead. They spoke empty platitudes, then ignored our words, all filling their pockets and flipping the bird. And laying that finger alongside their nose, they laid blame on Democrats with patriotic prose. They sprang to their luxury cars, gave their drivers a whistle, they were off to celebrate a village destroyed with a missile. For a Build Back Better, a majority of Americans had loved this great aim. But now it was dead, like the GOP's sense of shame. Senators Manchin and Cinema built a metaphorical dart. Conservatives then drove it into our country's heart. On cue, the media excoriated progressives, who had all along stayed true to their message. The left had worked tirelessly to make this policy true, yet the power of capital handed us, fuck you. The world watches us spin down the drain, thinking America's fucking insane. News anchors brayed and conservatives slithered from sight, but with the chorus they both proclaimed, bipartisanship was killed by progressives this night. Thank you. Merry Christmas to all. Yes. To I all a good night. I like that you said ass fuck into that too, by the way. That was, yeah, uh, I figured that was a, that good, was a one. good one. Yeah, that was a good I'm one. I'm very proud of that one. one. Yeah. I'm enjoying the fire ambiance, by the way. It's very nice. You know, very calming. High def fire, yeah. but not like real. Yeah, exactly. 
and kind of get a little oh, uh, this way i could get warm but that was good sean thank that was, you that was very very creative sir appreciate thank it you for doing that i appreciate I sat it. and drank a lot of coffee and uh <laughs> <laughs> I, drank a lot I thought i'd do something right for like something for christmas do it upright it was I, honestly like it kind of it, it it feels weird that christmas is this week i was like it's it does been, it's been flying by but uh yeah we had to do a little uh little christmas theme there uh yeah so we we this is probably the fastest we've accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish on yep. the show so i i think um i don't know decent stopping point if we still have ryan here um we do need to set a time up with ryan in the new mm -hmm. year because ryan would be great to talk to about uh independent contractors yes. um we did a part one about that a few weeks ago uh, we want to revisit that and specifically as, as it applies to pro wrestling and, and Sean has found examples outside of pro wrestling, but it would be good to, to talk to Ryan. So we'll, we'll book Ryan for a show very, very soon here. And, uh, apparently I got me some audio testing to do cause fucking restream is great. So you sounded great, but I sound like shit. So, okay. That's Son of a bitch. Fun. I sound perfectly fine in my head set, but whatever we'll, we'll figure it out uh anyway we will be back very soon probably i would guess in about two-ish weeks um oh with the holidays coming up possibly next week we'll i'll coordinate with sean with his schedule we'll figure something out but um we will definitely get a little more aggressive we've had to take some breaks because of uh sicknesses and uh, unhealthiness and all that fun stuff but it's getting better so yeah. uh we will make uh, a little bit of a stronger effort. Thank you for uh, everybody that uh, tuned in live tonight. We appreciate that. That's always fun to get the live interaction. Yeah. Uh, thanks, everybody. Yeah. Uh, Vandy Mirrored uh, added at the end here that they would love to put uh, Lauren Borber in a figure four leg lock. And that's a more of a aggressive submission hold. Very, very sexual. So. Uh, oh, so. don't do that. <laughs> we can hate her and not objectify her. <laughs> Fine. She's uh, been compared to Sarah Palin. Yeah, that that's a that's a joke that's been made uh, about how guys just blindly enjoyed Sarah Palin because they thought she was hot. They just didn't listen to anything she was saying. Like, oh, I don't care, she's hot, and they were just, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it was definitely a thing during that election period, one hundred percent. Unfortunately, and it, yeah. it all happens with the the conservative folk. They're like, well, I don't really know what she's saying, but I like her glasses. Just yeah, okay. She got her glasses on. That means she's smart as fuck, right? That's exactly. But then oh, that's why I wear them. These are just glass. But I have to see. But um, apparently, Ryan sent me a Photoshop of Ted Cruz and a sharpshooter. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what his shit is. I have to. Oh, okay. Let me let me open this up. Hold on. Let me get this going. One sec here. Let me copy this. I'm gonna save it and I'm gonna toss it up on the screen. We'll close with this. We'll close with. <laughs> so this is like. This is actually a classic sharpshooter. This is from wrestlemania when bret hart faced stone cold steve austin and he made him uh pass out uh to the sharpshooter and uh and blood was everywhere and uh it was a great match this is an old match too here's uh here's old ted cruz god this was fast for for ryan here we go this is ted cruz and a sharpshooter right there there you go <laughs> <laughs> see the blood and all the blood yeah, running down yeah. so if you notice you you cross eh, the legs the whiny face the sharpshooter is actually very painful. You you cross the leg, you you hook, you turn over, and then you wrench back on the lower back, and it hurts. So mm -hmm. yeah, that, that's a good that's a good Ted Cruz uh, submission. I would definitely enjoy watching Ted Cruz go in that one. Absolutely, good job, Ryan. That was that was quick. 
<laughs> yeah. That was super, that super was... fast. That was good. Good shit, Ryan. I appreciate it. There we go. I feel like it, this might be a way to get, like, I don't know what social media we're going to post this to, but I feel like that's a good way to get, like, banned that's... from social media. Wrestling TikTok. We can slide in yeah. wrestling TikTok without. Oh, okay. Like, hey, right. you like the sharpshooter? Well, here's Ted Cruz. Ha, ha, the sharp... ha. Yeah, here's Ted Cruz and the sharpshooter. That'd be good. Like, good stuff. So thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. We will be back very soon. Have a safe holiday, a happy new year if we don't talk to you before then. And I will let uh, Sean close this podcast the way that he always does. Happy holidays. Build some solidarity and think for yourselves, everybody. Merry Christmas. Bye, everybody.